Hello and how are you doing? This is Cedric Powell with Prophetic Gems USA. And this is the second podcast for my podcast life. Um, so I'm a new podcaster. I'm really excited about it. Um, and I'm just trying to be as much of myself as I possibly can. And so, uh, which is kind of hard to do. It's kind of hard to do when you have a new podcast and you're like, okay, you're trying to find your voice, as they say. And, um, but I'm having a lot of fun. I'm having a lot of fun. I'm very excited. And so, um, let's just get into, um, what today's message is going to be. Um, it's called, we are missing the sound of correction in America. And so what I want to talk about today is Christians. This is a message to Christians as my whole podcast series is really a message to Christians. Really? Um, I, I know God is going to have some things that he's going to give me. Um, that's already in my heart or that he was that he's going to show me that's going to be pointed toward a certain problems that will help anyone. Um, but as a person who walks in the prophetic, uh, my message is to Christians primarily, mostly. And that's what this message is for. And um, it is very um, interesting what is going on in America today. And um, as you know, we're we're going through a lot of trials and tribulations as we see here today. It's July the 10th. Um, but I have a question for Christians. What if you were the only hope for America? What if you were the only hope for your city? What if you were the only hope for your community? What if you were the only hope for your culture? Think about that. Just let that simmer a little bit. What if you were the only hope for your society? What if you were the only hope for your family? What if you were the only hope for the church? What if God put something special inside of you that is key to someone's deliverance, key to someone's uh, um, joy, key to someone's life, key to someone, um, you know, making a difference in the, in the world, something that God put inside of you. And that is what I want to speak to you about today, because God is saying to speak. The first podcast episode was about helping others. It's named Christians Shoot Your Shot, basically saying, hey, you know what? You have gifts that God put inside of you. Use those gifts because God needs you to use your gifts. This is not a new message. It's just a timely message, okay? This is not a new message. Everything I'm saying right now is not new. It's in the Bible. But this is a timely message that God is saying, go back and read your word. Go back to the word of God. Because right now, we have to pull on the word of God more than ever, ladies and gentlemen, my friends. This one, this episode is about the need for Christians to speak out, speak up. Help people with what you say. Because your gifts are going to help people with, help people with what you do. Your voice is going to help people with what you say. And speaking is a part of our worship to God. It is a part of our service to God. Well, what should I speak? One may ask. Some of us already know what we should be saying. What has God put in your hearts? What is God speaking to you? 
What do you see? What do you feel? What do you hear? All through the lens and the conduit of the Holy Spirit, using your spirit as a vessel. God has put you and I in charge of the earth. He is saying, use your gifts. My first podcast was admonishing us to use our gifts. Now, this podcast, I'm admonishing us to use our voice. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Everyone in our society, good, bad, and ugly, they're using their voice in this day and age. You see them. I have to use my voice, they say. I want to be heard, they say. And they're doing all types of things in our society that is antichrist. So what God is saying is, I want you, I want Christians to use their voice. I want you to use your voice. I want me, talking about myself, (laughs) I want Cedric to use his voice. Okay, that's my name, by the way. But do you hear the voice of Christians in our society today? I think if you do, it's very low. Some Christians are silent. Some sound just like the world. They sound like political voices. They sound like radical voices. You are a Christian, I ask myself when I hear these voices. You are a pastor. It's okay if your voice sounds like a worldly voice If the worldly voice got lucky or is on purpose following God, a worldly voice can get lucky and their thoughts and their feelings and their voice and their emotions are just like God's. It happens sometimes and I say, well, that's nice, but you don't represent me. You don't, you know, you're doing the right thing for the wrong reason. Or something of that sort. And sometimes on purpose, worldly voices, they they are sounding like God. You know, they're like, well, this is this is the right thing to do for the right reason, and that's great. But you still don't represent me because you have not taken Christ as your savior, and you're not doing it because of the Bible. But this is not what we're seeing in the racial riots in America and other issues that are going on right now in America. I'm going to let you know that I actually um, got the inspiration for this podcast on June the 13th. And now I'm just getting to actually releasing this podcast as I'm getting to my flow to uh, in my podcast. So, you know, at that point in time, the racial riots were still pretty hot it was still a lot of issues going on in america um scary um and as as we know as we see here in july the 10th 2020 it's still very tense it's still a lot of things going on and um wow you know we have some problems to solve in america and god wants christians to be at the forefront not the back the forefront thank you jesus And as a Christian for years, this is nothing new. This is not like a new headline or anything like that. It it has been very disheartening for me to watch Christians to be silent or pick a side in matters of justice and law and order. 
as we've watched this police brutality thing over the last 10 to 15 years be really hot, it's been really hot the last 10 to 15 years. And Christians, again, silent pastors, uh, Christians, churches, they've been very silent or they pick a side. You want to pick this side or that side in, in matters of justice and law and order. When we are supposed to be experts in justice and law and order, I mean, isn't that what the Bible is all about? We're supposed to be like the like Lady Justice, you know, with the blindfolds on. We don't see, you know, race. We don't see, you know, a, a, a money. We don't see, you know, we don't have an ego. We don't have pride. We just want to make sure that justice is done. We just want to see that law and order is instilled into our society because we know how important law and order is because we're under God's law. We're under God's order. Oh, thank you, Jesus. God is the one who brings justice to the earth. So we should be experts at this. So why are Christians silent for? Why aren't Christians loudly proclaiming that justice, law, and order shall be done in this nation? Why aren't we saying, and this is how you do it? Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. This is how it's done. This is how it shall be carried out. So how can we as Christians get these things wrong? When people's lives are on the line, people's souls are on the line, and our nation is being torn apart with hate, violence, and accusations. And, and I'm going to get to the scriptures. Hallelujah. I'm going to give you some scriptures here to chew on and eat on to back up everything that I'm saying right now. But white people are going against black people and black people are going against white people. And Jesus is saying, you are the salt of the earth. Oh, come on now. This should not be you. You should not be counted among these people who are doing these things and saying these things and, 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 and have these attitudes that are not like God. But Christians are sounding just like these people on either side that are wrong. It's okay if you sound like someone on either side that is that's that's right about something. That's cool. But as Christians, we have to be the salt of the earth. So the question is, what are you doing? The death of George Floyd by the hands of a Minneapolis police officer is an easy one. We can all see no matter what side of the political, political spectrum you are, because that's what we're really talking about, right? Politics. We're really talking about politics here. Let's just be open and real. Whether you're on the right side of the political spectrum or the left side of the political spectrum, we can all see that what happened to George Floyd was wrong. That's an easy one. But when it comes to a case like the death of Rashad Brooks in Atlanta, it's going to take for someone to look at the obvious and say, this is right and this is wrong. There are certain things that are obvious, even about that case, about many of the cases that come before us. We need to say as Christians, this is right and this is wrong. I'm not waiting for my favorite politician or my favorite news station to tell me what's right and wrong. I am going to be impartial. I will do my best to give an 
to give a general answer because I wasn't there. I don't know, you know, all the all of the aspects of what's going on. And it's not my responsibility, frankly. Okay. But since this these are things that are coming forth before our nation, so I feel silly sometimes. I'm like, do I really have to talk about this? I guess I do. Because this is a narrative that's going on in my nation. And what happens is it's going to get worse and worse and worse if Christians don't have an answer for these things. And, but I'll do my best to give a general answer, allowing our justice system to do its work. But morally, I have to be fair to both parties. God gave us eyes, ears, and a brain so that we can make judgments. But we do everything with love, without prejudging or having bias. So where are Christians and where are our pastors? We see the racist groups dividing our nation, groups like Black Lives Matter and Antifa. We see the rioting and destruction. We see the political spin, the self-righteousness and finger-pointing on both sides of the political spectrum. But my message and concern is Christians. The blood will be on your hands. Some things are easy. Other things are hard. If you see me doing something that is going to destroy me, you know that what I'm doing is wrong, let alone that it is going to hurt me. Even more, it could directly lead to my death. Let's go to the book of Ezekiel, because God says, if you do not warn me that I am in sin and die and 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 I die, the blood is on your hands. So I might not like it that you tell me what that I am wrong, but at least you did. We call that love and friendship. So let's go to the book of Ezekiel and see what God had to say about that. Because God is very plain with what he has to say, say about this. One of my favorite scriptures. Um, if you ever have a chance to read the book of Ezekiel, if you have not read, read it, please read it. I have, to, be, to be honest, I haven't read it all. But this passage of scripture is just awesome to me. So what, so, so what we're talking about is where is the sound of correction in America? We are missing the sound of correction in, in America. And God says, Christians, me and you, we are the sound of correction. So let's go. Um, Ezekiel chapter 3, verses 16. We're going to read to verse 27. After seven days, the Lord gave me a message. He said, Son of man, I have appointed you as a watchman for Israel. Whenever you receive a message from me, warn people immediately. If I warn the wicked, saying you are under the penalty of death, but you fail to deliver the warning, they will die in their sins. And I will hold you responsible for their deaths. My goodness, y'all. If you warn them and they refuse to repent and keep on sinning, they will die in their sins, but you will be saved yourself because you obeyed me. Oh, my goodness. So let's stop right there real quick. So we stopped at verse 19. We went from verse 16 to verse 19. So God is saying to Ezekiel, the prophet, he's saying that I have a message for human beings on the earth. Now, I know that today's church might not believe in the supernatural, 
They might not believe that God is actually speaking to us and using us today. But this is the word of God. And he's telling us that if he's telling Ezekiel, just like he's telling us. That we have a part in helping other people. And if we do not speak and correct them. That bad things are going to happen to them. We know right from wrong. People who do not know God, they do not know right from wrong. And that's what God is talking about here is he's saying that if you warn a wicked person, I don't care whether they're racist. I don't care whether they're a person who is fighting racism. Um, I don't care who it is. Okay. But if you warn someone who is wicked and tell them that what you are doing is going to lead to destruction, then God will spare us. But if we do not speak, then God will, will, will make us guilty because we did not speak. We did not give them a voice of correction. And what we need to ask ourselves is in America, where is the voice of correction coming from, y'all? Where is it coming from? Because you have people on both sides yelling at each other. Yelling at each other, yelling at each other. But Christians need to be the voice of correction. Let's go to verse 20. If righteous people turn away from the righteous, if righteous people turn away from their righteous behavior and ignore the obstacles, the obstacles I put in their way, they will die. And if you do not warn them, they will die in their sins. None of their righteous acts will be remembered. My goodness, y'all. And I will hold you responsible for their deaths. But if you warn righteous people not to sin and they listen to you and do not sin, they will live and you will have saved yourself too. Mm, Jesus, I can just feel. I'm, I'm pausing the scripture reading right now at verse 21. And y'all, I can just feel the prophetic uh, power and utterance of these scriptures. I hope you can feel it too. I can just feel it right now. Whew. Our role that God has put us on this earth to do, because we all walk in the prophetic in some way, shape, or form. Just like Ezekiel, we see, do we not see what's, what's going on in America? We feel, we hear, when we watch the news, we should see something that comes from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is talking to us. He's speaking to us. So when things happen, before things happen, I'm hoping, but definitely when things happen, we will be able to communicate to people. This is actually what's going on. This is how we fix this. This is what we need to do. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go on. Verse number 22. Then the Lord took hold of me. Oh, don't you want God to take hold of you, my friends? Then the Lord took hold of me and said, get up and go out into the valley and I will speak to you there. So I got up and went and I saw the glory of the Lord, just as I had seen in my first vision by the Kabar River. And I fell face down on the ground. Verse 24. Then the spirit came to came into me and set me on my feet. Hallelujah. He spoke to me and said, go to your house and shut yourself in there. Son of man, you will be tied with ropes so you cannot go out among the people. And I will make your tongue stick to the roof of your mouth so that you will be speechless and unable to rebuke them for, for they are rebels. 
But when I give you a message, I will loosen your tongue and let you speak. Then you will say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Those who choose to listen will listen, but those who refuse will refuse for they are rebels. Oh, my goodness. That is so powerful. Let me share with you what, what I hear that God saying in that particular passage of scripture. Verses 24 through verses 27. First, let me back up a little bit and let me go, go back to where he's talking to the righteous people from verses 20 to 21. God is so good. Oh, thank you, Jesus. So we have a responsibility to speak to those who do not know Christ, who are walking in darkness. We have a responsibility to bring the light of Jesus to them and to bring light upon the situations that they're in in their lives and in our society and in our culture and in politics and in every single thing that affects us in our lives and in this nation and, and, and that are soulish issues especially. So we have that responsibility, but also to Christians who are supporting movements and supporting stances and supporting things that are not Christ-like. Sometimes as Christians, we don't want to go, I don't want to step in that direction or that direction. And, and many times it's because, oh, well, I don't want to be political or I don't want to be, um, or I don't want to step out there. I, I just want to step out there because I know if I do, then people are going to be mad at me, you know? And God is saying, you, I put you on this earth for a reason. And if you don't do what I ask you to do, there's, there's going to be consequences. We have so many prophets and, you know, uh, 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 prophetesses, um, prophetess, you know, and pastors, and they, and they seem to always have a good word. They don't have a hard word. They don't have a difficult word. They don't have a word of correction. They don't have a word of, of, of if America doesn't turn around, we're going to go right into the ditch. That's what we need. We need words, sound, the sound of correction, y'all. My goodness. The sound of correction. That's what Ezekiel heard. He heard the sound of correction come from God and what God wanted him to do. He wanted him to turn around and give the people whom he has been given, give them the sign of correction. It's out of love. So when we decide that we're not going to do it because we're ashamed of God, we're ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ when the gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God to save. Romans chapter 8, I'm pretty sure. We are... We are, we are called to do not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I am not ashamed is what Paul said. Hallelujah. Let me pull up that scripture real quick. Because I'm messing it up right now. Of the gospel. In Romans. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 1 verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the good news about Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also to the Gentile. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So we cannot be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. So God is saying, speak. 
Speak the good news. Tell people that love is the answer. Tell people that, yes, we do have to correct the problems that were created 150 years ago or 100 years ago. But we also have to be reasonable. We also have to, you know, forgive other people. Give them the gospel. That's what America needs right now. I don't care what political standpoint you're coming from. I don't care, you know, who you are. I don't care how you look. I don't care how much money you make. This is what God says. Oh, that feels so good. That that feels so good. And that is what America needs, ladies and gentlemen. That is what America needs. Thank you, Jesus. And from as we close up with the book of Ezekiel, I have a couple other instances in the Bible where the sound of correction is also. But in verse 24 through 27, I think it's really awesome that Ezekiel says that God tied him up in his house. Oh, thank you, Jesus. He said, go to your house and shut yourself up. And God tied him with ropes that he could not even go out among the people and made his tongue stick to the roof of his mouth so that he would be speechless and unable to rebuke them even though they were rebels. So, but then when God gave him a message for the people that were rebels, he loosened his tongue and allowed him to speak. And God will give us a message in due season. Oh my God. This is something that I've had to learn to, to be honest with you. Cause I was just talking, bah, 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 bah. I was too talkative. And God was like, no, I, I want you to, wait and know when to speak and and I'm going to tell you when to speak and how to speak and it's been so much better for me personally you know and 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 I know it's been better for for for, for other people too I'm not going to go into that right now but that's the sound of correction that needs to come out of our mouths hallelujah glory be to God thank you Jesus so let's see here so next let's see here So next, we are going to go to the prophet Samuel in chapter uh, in First Samuel fifteen. Let's see here. Yes, First Samuel chapter fifteen. But first, let me just say something real quick. We need our pastors, and we need our we need our pastors to lead this. We need our pastors to stand up and to and to say, yes, we are the voice of justice in America. And specifically, this is what's going on. And Christians should not be afraid to speak up at this day and time. Let's see here. Let's go here really quick to. First Samuel 15, and then I'm going to speak on that a little bit more. Let's see here. Okay. 
So in chapter one, now I want to show Christians them, themselves right now in First Samuel chapter 15. Now, unfortunately, <clears throat> okay, so I'm going to show Christians two sides of them, themselves here. One is going to be a good side and one is going to be a bad side. Because the role of the prophet is to encourage, but also to warn. And I believe that that's what God wants to do right now. In 1 Samuel chapter 15, it says, One day Samuel said to Saul, It was the Lord who told me to anoint you as king of his people, Israel. Now listen to this message from the Lord. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies has declared. I have decided to settle accounts with the nation of Amalek for opposing Israel when they came from Egypt. Now go and completely destroy the entire Amalek nation, men, women, children, babies, cattle, sheep, goats, camels, and donkeys. Wow. Okay, so, so I'm going to stop right there. And then we're going to move on to some more passages of scripture in the same chapter. So God wanted Saul to destroy everything. I know it sounds kind of harsh. He wanted him to destroy everything, okay? I trust God before I trust anybody else, okay? So, that's what God wanted him to do. Okay, so let's see here. So, let's move down to verse number 10. Now, what I also want to point out in that is that Saul is like American Christians in this. God set him up for success. God set this man up to be the first king of Israel, the king of a prosperous, awesome nation. He's the first king of Israel. And all he had to do was to listen to what God said and do it. And he didn't want to do it. That's what, what, what we're going to read about here, one of the most famous passages of Scripture. But Christians have to understand this looks like us in America. Because you've been, you are so blessed. You live in the United States of America. Come on now. I'm, I'm recording this on an iPad. Okay? This is the first iPad I've ever owned. But, you know, I'm 43 years old. I'll be 43 in August. But I'm, I'm recording this on an iPad. Okay? Most of you have iPhones or Samsung Galaxies or, you know... LGs or, you know, you have air condition and heat. You know, you're complaining about not making enough money and you're in the top 1% of all money makers in the whole world. Money is probably an issue because you're paying for cable that costs $115 a month. You know? Your children are wearing the best clothes, you know, or your children at least have clothes on their back. And people and children in other nations, they don't have enough food to eat, you know. So I don't have to go through how blessed Christians are in America. People are in America. Even the poorest among us were so blessed in America, just like Saul. So that's what God is saying in the first part of part of Samuel 15 is that, hey, you know what? Um, I made you king. I made you who you are. And watch what Saul does to, to, watch what Saul does to God. Okay, let's see. Let's go down to verse number 10. 
then the Lord said to Samuel, okay, so this is after Saul did what he did because Saul disobeyed God and um, he did not kill everything. He saved some things for himself. Okay, so let's see here. Then, then the Lord said to Samuel, I am sorry that I ever made Saul king, for he has not been loyal to me and has refused to obey and refused to obey my command. Samuel was so deeply moved when he heard this that he cried out to the Lord all night. Early ne the next morning, Samuel went to find Saul. Someone told him Saul went down to Carmel to set up a monument to himself. Then he went to Gigal. When Samuel finally found him, Saul greeted him cheerfully. May the Lord bless you, <laughs> he said. I have carried out the Lord's command. Then what is all the bleeding of the sheep and the goats and the lowing of the cattle I hear, Samuel demanded. It's true that the army spared the best of the sheep, goats, and cattle, Saul admitted. But they are going to sacrifice them to the Lord, your God. We have destroyed everything else. Do you see how people make, you know, how they mix ungodly things with godly things? You know, God told him to destroy everything. But he says, oh, yeah, we didn't destroy everything, but we're going to sacrifice it to the Lord. Then, then Samuel said to Saul, stop. Listen to what the Lord told me last night. What did he tell you, Saul asked? And Samuel told him, although you may think little of yourself and you are not the leader of the tribes of Israel. I'm excuse me. Although you may think little of yourself, are you not the leader of the tribes of Israel? The Lord has anointed you king of Israel. Oh, my God, that is so powerful. The Lord has anointed you king of Israel. Let's 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 stop right there because. Christians, you might not think of a lot about yourself. Oh, Jesus. Because you haven't been taught to by pastors. Okay? But you are a child of the living God and he has a great thing for you, great role for you to play in, in the world and in your nation. And so we have to follow what God says so we can have a good outcome. That's what God wants us to know. We have to speak. Just like Samuel is speaking right now. He's speaking to the king. He's speaking to the king to correct him. He's giving us the sound of correction. He's giving Saul the sound of correction right now. And so Saul had a great role to play and he misplayed his role because he was so puffed up into himself. My Lord, let's see you. Verse 18, and the Lord sent you on a mission and told you, go and completely destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, until they are all dead. Why haven't you obeyed the Lord? Why did you rush for the plunder and do what was evil in, in, in the Lord's sight? Then Saul says, but I did obey the Lord, Saul insisted. I carried out the mission he gave me. I brought back King Agag, but I destroyed everyone else. Then my troops brought in the best of the sheep, goats, cattle, and plunder to sacrifice to the Lord, your God in Gilgal. But Samuel replied, what is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifice or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice and, and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft and stubbornness as bad as worshiping idols. So because you have rejected the command of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. All right. So. What did Samuel hear? He heard the sound of the animals, he, the, the, the bleeding of the sheep and the lowing of the cattle. 
And what does God wants to hear from Christians? He wants to hear the sound of correction that Samuel gave Saul the king. He mentioned livestock in this case. Going back to Samuel talking about Saul's livestock. Okay. They corrected. What Samuel did is he corrected a powerful man. That had to be hard. A little hard maybe. But definitely it had to be at least a little hard. But he did it. So what about you and me in America? We see these things every day. What are we saying? What are we supporting? Are we using our influence in the right or wrong way? Black pastors, where are you? White pastors, where are you? The people who need to hear this message are within your reach. They are in your sphere of influence. You can get an audience. You can get a sit down. You can do interviews. You can get on YouTube. You can get on Twitter. You can make a difference. But instead, many are silent or they are on one side of, of a matter. Okay, so let me speak to black pastors. Black pastors, we need you to talk to black people in your church. Get the word out. Don't attack police officers or, or resist arrest. 99% of these encounters will not happen. Don't put yourself in that position. Understand what the cop is going through. Stand up for the rights of police officers. We know you are going to stand up for the rights of blacks. But you can do the hard thing and stand up for the rights of police officers. It might be unpopular, but you can do it. White pastors, talk to your congregation. Stand up for the rights of black people and those who are on the other side, on the other end of the authority and the barrel of a police officer. The barrel of a gun of a police officer. Can you understand what criminals and those who come in contact with the police may be going through? When a police officer thinks that he is God, he is a judge and the executioner, or just a lousy cop, just there to get a check, he had a bad day or week. So the worst of him is going to come out today. What can you do? This is long overdue. Is anyone going to say that the man was killed that the man that was killed by the police was wrong for his reaction? Is anyone going to say that the, that the police officers were put in a bang-bang tough position? The man that was killed is a human being. The police officer is a human being. So what we need is for black pastors, do the tough thing. White pastors, do the tough thing. All pastors, do the tough thing. But do the right thing. Now, this is not about making people look bad. This is about caring about other people. This is about our duty to God. Do you care for those whom you look down upon? As Christians, we all have prejudging, uh, prejudgments. We have things that we have to get rid of. But justice, law, and order should be the top things that are among us as Christians because our integrity, our very integrity is on the line. God's very integrity is on the line because we are ambassadors for Christ and we are the salt of the earth. So what we need to do is we need to be the salt of the earth. That means that we have to be different. 
We have to be useful. We have to be powerful. We have to speak out when these things happen. And we need to be loud with our voice. And we need to be like, this is right and that is wrong. This should not happen. Don't try to paint me with no political brush. I'm speaking what God says. And that's what we need to do. If we care about people, going back to the scripture in Ezekiel, do we care about other people? I was going to go into um, the prophet Nathan, and I guess I'll quickly go go into that as, as well. But I think those two passages of scriptures really paint a great scripture, a great picture for us about what God really wants us to do as his children. Let's see here. But the question is, do we actually care about other people? Do we care about what God wants us to do? Because he does want us to speak. He does want us to correct people. And if we don't, it's going to come down on us in this nation. We're going to lose our blessings. Because people do not respect us as as, as people with integrity, as people with usefulness. And the society will get rid of us. So the question is, do we care about those who you look down upon because you have a prejudice? It might be cops, it might be criminals, but do you care about them? Because you are no better than them, Christian. We have to stretch ourselves. We, 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 we really have to stretch ourselves in this life. You have to stop preaching to the choir and tell the choir that they hit a wrong note. Because it might be someone in your church. It might be your pastor. It might pastor. It might be your the people who are sitting in your your church. We have to be able to tell each other you hit a wrong note. Stop preaching to the choir and tell and speaking things that you know people are gonna like. Oh yeah, I know they're gonna like this. Let me say this. Get on Twitter. Get on Facebook. Get on Instagram. I'm gonna preach to the choir instead of telling them. You hit a wrong note. Or you're just terrible. You sound abysmal. <laughs> if you are, because that's what Samuel, the prophet Samuel did to Saul. You know, that's what is God told Ezekiel to do to the people of Israel. You know. If And that's, that can be very hard. It can be very hard. Sometimes it's not. If you are a Christian, you cannot be afraid to tell the truth. No matter how it's going to be received. So that so that means you have to be tough. You have to expect negative feedback. If it does not come, then great, good. But expect people not to like you all the time. God is going to train you how to be ready to stand. Even when you have to stand alone, God is going to teach you to pay the price. Because there is a price. The price for standing up for what is right. If you speak, then you will save yourself. If you, if you do not, you will be lost. And that's what God wants to tell us. You know? Um, yeah, there is a price for standing up for what is right. These days we have the cancel culture. Okay? And one day that price is going to go up. Jesus said that they're going to... That, and... Matthew 24, that they're going to throw you in jail. You're going to be killed. So 
why not speak up right now when there is a very low price? There's a very low price right now. Very low price for standing up. But people, you won't even do it now. So how can you know that you're going to do it when the price will be maybe going to jail? Maybe being martyred for Jesus Christ's name. So we can save ourselves by speaking or we can be lost by not speaking as we saw in the scripture in, the, in Ezekiel. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. But what we see just like with the prophet Saul is we see Christians that are very selfish. Now, now I have to say this. I don't want to say this, but I have to say this. Okay. Um, let's see here. Let's see here. <laughs> okay, so so what we see is that God told Saul to kill everything, kill everything, but he got greedy. And I think Christians are greedy in America these days. We want everything. We want to be liked. We want to have nice things. We don't want to suffer. We just want everything. And that's not what God, God has called us to be. Saul got greedy. It was not about God and the role that God put him in. It was about him. God gave him the victory and he gave God the cold shoulder. I am, I am only going to do part of what you want me to do. I'm, 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 I'm just too, I'm just too stuck on myself. When God said <laughs> in First Samuel chapter fifteen, let's see here. And God says in verse eleven, "I am sorry that I ever made Saul king, for he has not been loyal to me, and he refused to obey my command." In other translations, it says God repented that he made God king. Now, when God repents of something, when God is sorry that he did something, that's pretty bad. That is pretty bad. He says, I am sorry that I made Saul king. Put your name in there. What if God said, I am sorry that I made Cedric a husband. I'm sorry that I made Cedric a father. I'm sorry that I made Cedric a pastor. I'm sorry that I made Cedric a prophet. I'm sorry that I made Cedric whatever, you know. I would feel pretty bad about that. Samuel, who carried the message, was so tied up in what God was saying um, that he cried all night to the Lord. He was probably interceding for Saul, for he knew that it was not going to be good for him based off of what God was feeling. God was angry and he was hurt. Samuel had to go and take the message to Saul, the wicked king. You think that was easy? No. Saul could have asked for his head. Saul does not regard God or the things of God. This was something that, um, that I never saw. Saul was even going to set up a monument to himself, like worshiping himself. Hello, Lucifer. Hello, modern Christianity. God blessed us. He put us on a higher plane. Now it is about it is all about your Facebook or your Instagram your bank account, and your social status. When Samuel finds Saul, he is all happy. Saul is happy, you know? He's, he's oblivious to what is going on. 
he is so happy and uh, and God and Samuel are so sad. Like, what world are you living in? How can you miss God so badly? And the thing is, my friends, I wonder that about Christians in this day and age. You're so concerned about your ministry and how they're going to look. You're so concerned about your church. You're so concerned about your social status and all this other stuff. But you're not concerned about what God has called you to do. And that is the state of Christianity in America today, unfortunately. And that's why we're so silent. That's why our voices, our voices cannot be heard. That's why we cannot make a great impact on the society. Let's see here. But this is about Samuel. What I want you to hear today is really about Samuel because he did what God wanted him to do. Unlike Saul, be like Samuel and not like Saul. For God said that obedience is better than sacrifice. Rebellion is a sin of witchcraft. Wow. When, when we rebel against God, it is as bad as a witch. That is just incredible. Will you speak to America Christians? Will you tell them that you are wrong? Even if it is your family or friends, people in your church or on social media, wisely. You don't have to be a blabbermouth, speaking at the wrong time or out of turn, but like Ezekiel, God will tell you when to speak. Will you speak? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Can you hear the sound of God's prophet correcting the church, correcting pastors, saying this is what God wants? Why are you not doing it? This is where you have gone wrong. This is how you can fix it. Saul twisted himself like a pretzel in lies. But Samuel said, stop. This is what God says. People are thinking that they are getting over on God, but God is not having it. God wants you to do your job. Play your role. Hallelujah. Samuels, God wants you to speak. Guide the people. Correct the people. Warn the people. Thank you, Jesus. Let's see here. All right, let's see. All right, now we are going to, let's see. What I want you to do also, I'm not going to do it right now because we have gone 50 minutes here. Wow. Um, I didn't know how long this episode was going to be. I didn't think it was going to be this long. Um, read about the prophet Nathan correcting David, King David. That's in 2 Samuel chapter 12. That was the other thing that, that, that I was going to go through. But I think you got it by now. God really wants us to speak. Oh, thank you, Jesus. That oh, that chapter where Nathan rebukes David in Second Samuel chapter twelve is a great read. You know, again, you know, we have a prophet who is going up to the king, and he's saying, "You did something bad," but I love the way that he did it because he did it with love. Love. He did it with um, with wisdom. And he did exactly what God told him to do. All right? He did it exactly what God told him to do. And David repented. Hallelujah. David repented. You know, David was a good man. 
You know, sometimes we're going to have to go to a good man and we're going to tell them, you know what? You did the wrong thing. You did the wrong thing. And it's not going to be easy all the time, y'all. It wasn't easy for Samuel because Samuel really cared about, you know, Samuel really, the prophet Samuel really cared about Saul. But he did what God told him to do. And I just had to make this episode because people are so much Christians. We need to hear your voice. We need you to be a part of the solution. And I was just so agitated and so hurt and so disheartened by Christians not being on the right side. We should all sound the same. We should be in harmony with our voice as we speak out against racism and against injustice and against lawlessness and against revenge and against all of these things that are antichrist things. We should not, because I'm an African-American Christian and this person is a white Christian, We should have the same message. We shouldn't have different messages. We should care about the same things passionately. Now, don't get me wrong. If something has not touched you and affected you, sometimes you might see things a little differently. And sometimes you might not be as passionate about something because you just don't understand it. Okay, But as Christians, we see what's going on in our nation And what we need to do is I cannot hate you or even I have to drop my prejudice against you because I because because you might not see things the way that I see things. And I can't call you racist because you don't see things exactly how I see things. Okay, but as Christians, there has to be something that bring that brings us together and say, you know what, I'm going to reach out to my Christian brothers and sisters and I'm going to come together with them to solve the problems of our nation. And that's what God wants us to do. We should be on the same page. We should have the same voice and we should give America the sound of correction. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Let's go ahead and pray real quick as we end this broadcast. Oh, Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, God, we thank you for all you've done in our lives, oh God. God, we just want to speak what you say, God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Mm. Let the words of our hearts and the med- let the meditation of, of our hearts, oh God, and the words of our mouth be of you, God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh God, we don't want to say what we want to say or think what we want to think, God, but we want your Holy Spirit, God, to guide us. We want your Holy Spirit to download your feelings and your emotions and your thoughts and the word of God that is sharp, oh God, than any double, sharper than any double-edged sword, God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, God, cut racism, destroy racism, God. Oh, we know that it won't be completely destroyed, but God, render it feeble. Render it uh, I, 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 I'm so injured, God, that we would be able to trample upon it. Oh, God, thank you, Jesus. Like serpents and scorpions, oh, God, and over all the power of the enemy, oh, God, in our nation, oh, God. God, but we also hate hate. 
oh God. And God, we want to um, pray for love to be the guiding passion of our nation, oh God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, let us fight hate, God. Let us also render hate feeble and weak, oh God. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. God, let us uplift and let us enhance and magnify reconciliation, oh God, in this day. God, these are your words, God. These are your passions. These are the things, God, thank you, Jesus, that you will want your church to share with the world. So, God, it starts with us right now, God. Thank you, Jesus, as Christians. Let us get our head from out of the sand, oh God, and let us share, oh God, with the world what you have said, oh God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You want us to correct our brothers and sisters. You want us to correct each other. You want us to correct those, God, who are out there and they're voicing their opinions and they're standing for the wrong thing and they're trying to destroy and you want them to build, oh God. You said correct them, God. You said speak to them because that is your role. That is what I put you on earth to do. You are the salt of the earth and and I need you to be the salt of the earth or bad things are going to happen to you. That's what you said in your word, God, in several places. Oh God, you want us to be the children of Israel, the followers of Jesus Christ. We are not concerned about our own uh, um, uh, uh, lives or the way that we look. Oh God, thank you, Jesus. But we want to help our brothers and sisters before it is too late. Oh, God. So we pray for your power. We pray for your passion. We pray that we will submit ourselves to you and that we would not be like Saul, but we would be like Samuel. We pray that we will not be like King David, who was rich, but he wanted to take from those who had little. It was about him. Oh, God. You had to send the prophet Nathan to correct him, God. We, we, we want to be like the prophet Nathan, oh God. Thank you, Jesus. Not like King David in this instance, oh God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Father, we want to be like the prophet Ezekiel who heard your voice and he went and he did the hard thing, oh God. Thank you, Jesus. And he corrected the children of Israel, even though there were a people of different, they, they acted like that they did not understand his words. Thank you, Jesus. But God, we bless your name and we praise you for our role. We rejoice in our role, God, and we pray that we will get better and better in our role of speaking and giving the United States of America and the world the sound of correction. In Jesus Christ, and we praise you and glorify you, Lord. Amen. Many blessings to you. Thank you. And I'll be back with another podcast soon.